0: So Sarah, this week, I noticed on your Insta that you had like a reel of yourself at the top of this, I don't know, large hill or mountain, and you were like breathing quite hard. Clearly, you'd just run up this mountain. Um, was it all roses up there or <laughs> what's the story? You know,
1: so I've been trying to do some more mountain running, you know, once a week, uh, partly because I've never really done it. I feel like it's kind of different way to explore my backyard a bit. Um, and it also jacks up your heart rate for a prolonged period of time. I think it, overall, I wouldn't do it in normal years. Uh, but that's has just been a fun thing. But here, here's the thing, Sarah. All right. <laughs> I posted the real up, of the up top, mountain vista, working hard, you know, the aspirational side. What I didn't post was... About a few minutes later, as I was descending, wiping out, and twisting my ankle super hard. Currently, so we're talking almost a week later, I still can't see ankle bone. It's just all, like, fleshy softball down there. Uh, Yeah, weird bruising. Yeah, and I somehow had to get down the mountain, not really being able to use it. You felt it right
0: away. If you feel it right away, then you know it's bad. Oh,
1: I was on oh. the ground Just like, this is this is not good, and it just oh. all the way down. I felt it being really unstable, uh, and that's not good when you're running on rocks. No, um, you know, I'm I'm not exactly a mountain goat to begin with. You know, my proprioception is very much Ironman athlete proprioception. I, I understand this. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, I think take home message is what you see on Instagram only tells you part of the story sometimes there are bruised swollen ankles to match the mountain vistas
0: (laughs) right what's funny to me is that like even the 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 post itself is very real like you're not you know like you're not you didn't like get up to the top set up the shot with the perfect lighting you know like you're working you're breathing hard you're like doing this so I was like oh cool that's like a real shot of a real athlete like out doing her thing. So like, I already felt it was kind of real, but like the, the was, idea that like a was minute real later, in that
1: <laughs> <Right>?
0: <laughs> and then I a minute later, you're like yeah. lying on the ground, holding your ankle in pain. Like, <laughs> yep. Ouch. Should I take it? You're not running.
1: I took, a, I took a few days off um, because I'm incredibly stubborn. Uh, I'm back at it. I still kind of feel it. Yeah. It's just, this is, so because because it's not unbearable pain like oh sure i can run through it um it's just it's just a flesh wound <laughs>
0: okay so friends at home <laughs> don't follow sarah's example <laughs> if your if your ankle is swollen and you can't see the bone we're we're not recommending you go out and train on it just no uh,
1: well yeah I Mm. took a couple days come on I'm icing it
0: pain is relative
1: pain is relative exactly I if if it were something really serious of course I'd take more time off (laughs) of course you would
0: Okay, so coming up on the show, we have a voicemail from a listener. Uh, we're going to talk about the Iron Man Kona slots. Um, we're going to comment on I Rock because, and is believing in the plan more important than the plan itself? And also, oh, Sarah and Sarah, a new segment. <laughs> Sarah and Sarah recommend fun.
1: I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. People can tell me to stop this time, like the last time.
0: You better get ready to race and it's ready to do this, show you
1: what the truth is. I step on the field, it's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. My time. Hey, Sarah, I've a riddle for you. What's refreshing? <laughs> Great any time of day, and super awesome.
0: Oh my gosh, is it the If You're a Riding podcast? Oh, no, wait. By the look on your face, it's not. It's it's noon. Yes. It's noon, isn't it?
2: Ding, ding, ding.
0: You
1: got the answer.
0: Woo. Okay, friends. Seriously, Noon Hydration has been a sponsor of Live Feisty and this very podcast for a couple of years. They are amazing. They are supportive. And we all get 30% off with the new code. Note the new code livefeisty um, at noonlife.com. So use the code livefeisty before I at noonlife.com. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is
1: proudly partnered with Orca
0: Sportswear.
1: For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code LIVEFEISTY15. And that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around.
0: So we got a voicemail from one of our listeners, Sarah. So let's um, let's listen to that.
2: Hi, Sarah and Sarah. It's Courtney here and I just got done listening to your latest podcast. And when you talked about Ironman Cairns, it kind of touched my heart a little bit because I was actually registered for that race. Um, I didn't go, um, obviously. Um, and as far as the number of slots for Kona, you know, I think my view of the world has completely shifted over the last year, as all of ours has. And at this point, I'm just kind of like, can't we just accept that the world is going to be effed for the next couple of years? And like, who cares? Like let the people go to Kona who actually did a race this year. I don't really care. I I honestly don't think it matters. And like, good for them. I'm, I'm happy for Ironman that they got to put on a race this year. I'm happy that there are triathletes somewhere in the world that got to race and you know what sometimes life isn't totally fair and like there's way better things to be worrying about right now so i'm happy for everyone who qualified for kona no matter how strong or poor their performance was in cairns all right that's all for now oh i also wanted to tell you that i started i rock because in my team meetings at work and we end our weekly meetings every week with i rock because And it's been awesome because morale has been, you know, pretty bad. And I think it's just a good way for people to have a moment to toot their own horn. And I don't know, just be happy about something and be silly and it's all good. So thank you so much for for that part of uh, the culture that you added to my company. So thanks. Bye.
0: So, so much greatness in that voicemail. Let's start with talking about the Ironman World Championship spots and at Cairns and Courtney's point around, okay, like the world is... I was actually kind of thinking this in the back of my head as we were talking last week. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's a completely different environment now. Like, just let the people who can race, race.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think we're all... Would love to be able to have the same opportunities. It's like you said. It's it's kind of stepping back in big picture. Um, we ha- we actually had another listener who sent us a message like, "Hey, you two missed the big the big point here, which is financial. You right. know, Iron Man is really hanging on by a thread. They need that money. They mm-hmm. need the money from those athletes uh, who got their slots at Cairns to." Yeah. Throw down the seven hundred and fifty dollars or however much it is for their Kona slots because that means that they have some money to work with. Like, I don't. I think we have to really recognize that our sport is just—it's—it's it's about survival right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the longer this goes on, and <sighs> if people can race, awesome. If companies can survive, awesome. But yeah, like Courtney said, we just—we have to. We have to kind of keep things in perspective a little bit. Unless it's like the whole PTO thing and then I can be mildly upset because I could use some Daytona money. But whatever. (laughs) This is not about me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and I think
0: with a, to the point with our sport and, like, things changing, it's, like, I think it's just a matter of, like, triathlon is always going to exist and we, we will come out of this, you know, because people like to do triathlons and we're going to want to do them. It's mm. just whether, it's, like, how much we have to rebuild on the other side, right? So if all this, the races that currently exist, including Ironman, all just go under, right, like, we can rebuild from the ground up. If, mm-hmm. that might be better <laughs> if i'm yeah. totally honest um but mm. it, we might we probably won't have to do that uh, but it's hard to know we don't know right now like what is going to happen to all these especially the bigger race companies you know that are running multi-million dollar businesses like ironman um what's going to become of them so um it's it it's interesting
1: well i i think it's it's going to hit at all levels of the sport so i was i was talking to a coach last week who's He's very well-established, uh, you know, been in the sport a long time. And he actually brought up the point that he thinks that the good of this is that some uh, coaches who may not be great coaches get forced out. You know, I think we have quite a few of them in the sport. Oh, interesting. Yes. And yeah. you could just think at... at it also means that somebody who's who's just starting out, whether it's a professional athlete, whether it's a company, whether it's a coach, you know, they might also get forced out, you know, before they've been able to really position themselves. But there's something to be said about winnowing things out a little bit and mm-hmm. potentially will will be left with some more quality.
0: Yeah, that's, I, I, I had never thought about like the coach because the race industry obviously just has this, like fighting to find income of any kind, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like coaching is kind of in that middle ground where a lot of the good coaches who have managed to uh, continue to motivate their athletes, whether that's like online through Zoom calls or whatever through this time and keep uh, people pointed towards goals who need that kind of thing. Like if you're a good reader of people and can figure out how to motivate your people, then you probably kept a lot of your athletes. Whereas if you're um, – A, either like not as good at that or like if you tend to have the kind of athletes that just that are one and done with Ironman, um, then then those coaches might not survive.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not great. We ultimately we would love for anybody who wants to have a career in the sport to be able to do so. But (sighs) Mm -hmm. maybe that's not going to be the case. Mm
0: hmm. Totally. I also loved Courtney's comment about using I rock because oh, at her yeah? company and using it for, i like, oh, I know as like, as like, as like someone who's like building a business myself and like thinking about these things, like creating c- company culture from the ground up. I like, thank you, Courtney, because that made me feel like, oh, maybe I'm doing something, one or two things right along the way. So yeah, thank you.
1: So one of the segments we have introduced over the year, uh, over the the eight months. How <laughs> many months? How uh, many months has it been?
0: March. We started in March. April, yeah. May. We started right around COVID. June, right. July, August, September, October. We're like eight months in.
1: Yep. Okay. So we have one segment that has made a difference. So all that, that all that tells me is we need to keep on introducing them. And we will, over time, like ten years from now, we will have changed the world. Yeah, exactly.
0: Totally. <laughs> like, I like how you went from like we have a good segment to we change the world. Just, just like a simple path. Yeah, <laughs> we got it. We got this.
1: Totally, we're crushing it. <laughs> nice. Okay. Why
0: not? Speaking of changing the world, okay, here's something okay. that came with spe- and company culture. I'm tying this all in nicely. Okay. What? Here's something we're thinking about today on one of our feisty calls, right? Is that like, I realized that like, as this applies to sport, it applies to business. And I kind of wanted like your perspective on this as an athlete too, but it's sort of like always been my feeling, um, that, and I feel quite strongly about this. So if you disagree, it could get fun, but like that there are like, you see lots of different types of training plans. that Mm. that athletes do and become successful through different types of training, right? Um, But like one of the key factors to success has always been how much the athlete buys into the plan. And if you like believe in the plan that you're doing and you believe in the person that's guiding you through that plan, which in the case of sport is your coach, right? So that like buy-in, like I noticed it as a coach myself, even with amateur athletes that like, getting the athletes that were the most successful on the plans I was giving them were the ones that like just fully bought in to like my way of doing things to me as a coach and to the plan that we were creating together. Um, And then I realized today, like that applies to, like that also sort of applies to business. And especially when we're working in teams on Mm -hmm. something where like everybody on that team needs to buy in to the plan to moving forward and like getting everyone on that page and like their level of buy-in is directly related to how successful the project is. And I guess like I I may be saying something really obvious, but it just kind of occurred to me today as we were working through something where we have a team where one person doesn't have full buy-in and I was like, Mm. oh, I see this problem from a new perspective. Like, do you have, have you seen this before, like in elite squads? And have you seen it with yourself too? Like where if you stop believing in the plan, you need to shift or something like that?
1: I, uh, i would say a conditional yes
0: oh conditional so, yes okay
1: yeah because absolutely i mean they're the you have you have to believe the second you start second guessing what is laid out in front of you you're you're halfway out the door honestly mm-hmm. Um, When it comes to that big picture, like the reason you have a coach is because they give they have that big picture perspective. They know where things fit into place. Your job is to just execute on a day to day basis. If you start second guessing, you know, the 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 overall framework, then that's really that's going to be a difficult relationship.
2: Hmm. So
1: there has to be a level of trust. But here's where my conditional comes in. If the underlying framework's not any good, right? Then it doesn't matter how much you buy in. Yeah. You, you know, like you know, if you are buying into complete nonsense to a snake oil salesman, mm-hmm. It's still snake oil, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not So it, it is a conditional. I I early on in my career I had a a coach who uh very, you know, raw raw positive and part of me enjoyed that, but I started to notice that anything that um, an athlete said they wanted to do for, for big goals, you know, whether it was, I want to be a pro, I want to make it to Kona, I want to make the Olympics, it didn't matter whether or not it was reflective of their potential. Uh, she said, yes, you can do that.
2: Right, and for
1: me, that really undermined you know, the the whether or not she knew what she was doing, mm. because I could see on a on a day to day basis, you know, that this athlete was is struggling. You know, even as a mid level amateur athlete, how are they possibly going to make it as a pro? Like, mm-hmm. and are you setting that person up potentially for failure? Right. So, yeah, they yeah. B- those athletes bought in, but I think it actually set them up when things didn't fall into place. It set them up for it, it put it on them, you know, like if if they didn't achieve those goals, it was their failure to believe. Right? And
0: I see. Mm-hmm. Sometimes
1: it's not about your belief, sometimes it's about. You know, whether or not you physiologically can do it, whether or not the plan is right for you, you know, there, there are all these different factors. So yeah, believing is half of it, but you really need to have things, that framework in place. for Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I, yeah. I thought of Does it was, that make like, sense? Yeah, totally. So it's like, so buying into the plan or believing in it is like one part of what needs to happen. So like the basis for the plan has to be solid too. So in the case of an athlete, the plan has to be good itself. The athlete also has to have the ability to be able to um, to be able to execute on the plan, um, and have the the talent in the case of this in this case, and the buy in um, is is also a factor. Yeah, I think there also has to be another thing I thought about as you were talking is that like there has to be a place for questioning. Like you yes. have to be able to go, okay, like why are we doing this? Why are we doing this series of sessions? Or what are we trying to improve here? And yeah. then like work together to like get to that place where we all buy into the plan. Um, And I think that that's also like an important part of the process.
1: Well, and you're, you're going to have some employees, some athletes, whatever the case might be, who are naturally a bit more skeptical, who, who want, who will buy. If you can lay things out to them in a very rational, evidence-based way, they will completely buy in. Mm. But they' you need to almost prove it to them, I think first. And you know that's where uh, like I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit skeptical when it comes to uh, coaching models, for example. That's where like my coach Dan very quickly on, he was able to establish trust with me because everything was, you know, very evidence based. He uses data. It wasn't just purely, I believe that you can do well at Iron Man. It's he, let's lay this out. This mm-hmm. is this is why um you know it can't just be blind faith it has to be based on something and and obviously there are people for whom that that blind faith like that is something that they are capable of but you're mm-hmm. also going to have employees or athletes who can't do that and you need to meet them halfway and if if they're asking tough questions uh maybe that framework isn't that strong
0: Mm, yeah maybe
1: you as a leader need to kind of step back and say all right if if they're asking me these questions and I don't have a good answer then maybe I need to re-examine what I'm doing
0: yeah or then uh, then the next layer of questioning would be if, if I'm if I feel like I'm answering that that person's questions why what are they like what did they need to hear it you know it's like the same like if if you're coaching sometimes you have to say something the same thing in 12 different ways to get someone to move their arm in a certain way in the water or (laughs) whatever you're trying to achieve um so sometimes it's just like the way people learn is different for example like they might be a visual learner and so you're just talking at them and they're just like looking at you like i still don't understand what the project is or where we're going with this you know
1: yeah Um, we're we're ultimately once once you reach that level of communication they will they will be on board but it's they need they need it they need to grasp it like it needs to be something that makes sense before they can just lend their support yeah yeah absolutely so okay. did did this employee eventually uh, get on board We're still working on it that's so fair that was but I would
0: I was int- it was interesting just to get to that um, like the place where I was like I love it when like something I've learned from sport. Mm. where the analogy comes in and it kind of works because it happens quite a lot actually. Mm. And it makes me feel, it makes me feel prepared for my job because right now I feel like I'm trying to make up for 20 years of being an athlete instead of, um, instead of working in, in business, which is, which I'm now doing. So, um, every once in a while when something is useful from my athletic year, so I'm like, you know, I'm quite happy about it. So that's what happened today. Um, Anyway, okay, so after the break, um, Sarah and I are going to recommend fun. Hey, Sarah, have you seen those new Form Smart Swim Goggles? You know, the ones that have the display right on the goggle so you can see, like in real time, how fast you're going and your heart rate and stuff?
1: Yeah, I have seen them and I'm really interested because they just added a, an open water feature which is terrific because you can go from the pool to open water and still be able to have those same metrics as you swim. Yeah, I mean, knowing
0: how fast you're going in open water in real time is um, totally amazing. So I think it's going to revolutionize swim training.
1: Absolutely. And if they add like a a loon detection device to it, I'm sold. Done.
0: If We Were Riding is a Live Feisty media production. Sarah and I are truly and grossly thankful for our sponsors, Noon Hydration, Form Swim, and Orca Sportswear. Join the conversation by following us on all the socials at If We Were Riding on Instagram and Facebook or send me a voice memo to Sarah with no H at livefeisty.com. Also leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help. Remember that time we were ranked like number 206 best sports podcast in the Czech Republic. Yeah, that was thanks to you. So leave us a review. We can't wait to ride with you next week. Yeah.
1: Okay, Sarah. So, you know, I've been delving a little bit into the psychology stuff. Uh, there's this... Uh, by delving, psychologist... do you
0: mean like doing an entire degree?
1: Uh, I I am going to. Okay. I am going to. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Just, sorry.
1: But I haven't... Okay. We can talk about that on another podcast. Okay. My, my journey and realizing that I have many years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I've expressed interest. I'm doing more reading. I'm doing more listening. Mm-hmm. Making sure this is something I want to get into. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to this interview with um, this renowned psychologist, uh, Marty Seligman, and he is the founder of this school of psychology called Positive Psychology. And he was talking about how we get through this period of COVID. And one of the things he was talking about uh, was that optimism, once we get out of it, optimism is what is going to get us through the next phase. But now that we are in the middle of it, we are in the weeds, we need to remember to have fun. Mm. So, and it's right now, some of us are feeling, you know, really just overwhelmed. It may seem counterintuitive to rely on fun to get us through this period of time. But that element of uh, playfulness, spontaneity, you know, just pure unadulterated joy Like the very so it's it's that um, you know the hedonic pleasures, if you will. uh, I will going into that side of that.
0: (laughs) And yes, yes, I
1: will (laughs) going into that side of things. um, (laughs)
0: Thanks for bringing that. I know you do,
1: Um, and it's just been something that I have been thinking about. Like where I've naturally been gravitating towards those types of things a little bit more. Because I need that release. Uh, so for me, that's like the mountain running stuff has been that. Or going mountain biking has been that. Yeah. And I was just wondering what you have been doing for fun or for play.
0: Wow. It's, okay. I, I uh... mean,
1: maybe the PG versions. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for bringing up
0: tonic pleasures and taking my mind in there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I that's it's interesting you bring this up because um, th- I was talking to someone about someone about this the other day and I was just thinking today in terms of like where I am not so much with COVID but with my business and you can tell my mind is like entrenched in this because I keep talking about it all through the, today's podcast as well but um, I'm definitely in the weeds right now right like so in the past I've had um, parts of my business that are like just like fun projects right like we mm-hmm. go to Kona we work really, really hard. We cover the race. It's like a ton of fun. It's, and it has a beginning and a middle and an end, you know? Um, and right now, like not very many things have a beginning and middle in it and Well, they do, but they're like so long-term that it's kind of hard to see where you are. So like you said, like you were in the weeds, just like, um, someone might feel about COVID. So I've spent a lot of time just feeling like I would describe my mood as like, steady like eh. <laughs> like that's kind of my mood um and on my friend and I and I know I've talked about this a lot too but um three years ago we started taking hip-hop classes right on Monday nights and, like we're just like like we suck at hip-hop and we're like we're the typically the only or one of the few, two of the few like 40 somethings in the class it's like definitely a lot of 20 year olds who have previous dance training um but the reason we keep going back is like exactly what you said is that it is so fun like she called it a guaranteed mood booster (laughs) Mm. so especially when we were both going through like our separations and divorces like Mm. that it's um that like we could just show up there and we would like go in like grumpy and come out happy and so usually I'm kind of like um full of glee like even into the next day after hip-hop even though um for the most part, I'm just watching 20 somethings dance way better than me, um, and participating at the back and, and hoping I go like in the right direction at the right time, you know, (laughs) like, so I don't stand out weirdly. Um, but yeah, so like, I agree like that that's, and I was like, I was thinking about that this week, that that's something that's really important. Like those things that Mm -hmm. just bring you joy and they're like they're those things are rare like when you find something like that um and sometimes it's not always guaranteed like so like I love trail running too but like as you probably know if you run if you run on the trails day after day after day like not every day is pure joy like right. <laughs> some days are like a slog fest um so it's like just hard to find those things that are like almost every time just s- so amazing
1: yeah I, I mean I that's how I feel mountain biking a lot of the time um, just finding like a, a super flowy trail. Like I'm I'm not a great mountain biker, but you, you get me on a smooth, like single track trail, riding those berms, <laughs> get a little air, nice. taking my bike off some sweet jumps. Yeah. <laughs> I'm picturing it now.
0: Although like I don't know how you're gonna land it with that ankle.
1: <laughs> uh well, it's a bike. You can. Okay. But it's but I I just I will catch myself just squealing with joy every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And it seems so stupid, but it just it feels you are just you are kind of cleared, your mind just feels clear mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that that's something that I think as adults we we feel guilty. Like we're we're trained to feel guilty to for having fun. Yeah. For seeking things that are have no you know real quote unquote value yeah like okay those hip-hop classes what kind of value is it bringing me it, totally what, my mountain biking it's not making me necessarily a better triathlete mm-hmm. i mean maybe a little a bit little but bit. not really mm-hmm. you, your tick-tock game is definitely going up because of these classes so <laughs> i mean but beside that like it's basically
0: a business write-off i mean <laughs> <laughs> you convinced me yeah. <laughs>
1: so i i think i would love to hear from listeners you know what kind of things are bringing them join yeah. right now like what what are they doing for fun or for play um you know let's keep it pg uh or if you could just come up with another way of talking about it that I love, also i love works. how you
0: keep going there like i like
1: listen <laughs> you have something to
0: tell us sarah <laughs>
1: just saying this is not that kind of podcast (laughs) (laughs) this is in theory a triathlon podcast even though we really don't talk about triathlon so yeah
0: awesome yeah i i think i just want to add one more thing there is that i do I, I love recording the podcast with you every week. Like that's another thing that's that's fun. And that like yeah. and I like I mean that. It's like I, I do get a mood boost and and I think yeah. like I love these conversations we have and they're kind of they're mostly light, although we do sometimes take on uh hmm. deeper stuff. But um yeah, it's so thank you for providing joy for me. No,
1: me too. Oh, oh. oh Sarah. I know, I know. <laughs> I went there. Okay. Maybe we aren't changing the world as much as we would like, but at least we're like changing each other's lives. Yeah, there you go. And well, hopefully, some of our listeners. And also,
0: we're, we're changing the world with the I Rock Because segment. If, if Courtney's Courtney office be, place. Yeah. We're, starting,
1: we're qu- starting with Courtney's office, and we're yeah. just going to expand from there. Yeah,
0: first Seattle, <laughs> then the world. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, Sarah. Well, I look forward to our moment of joy next week. Who knows what we're going to talk about. But in the meantime, thank you everyone for listening and keep having fun. None of you people can tell me to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We know what it takes to be reaching the top.